going on, everybody? It's Ben from the Special Sauce Podcast podcast. Yes, I am recording this on a photo booth on my computer because it is 2013. Um, I hope everyone's doing great out there. Um, it is uh, Tuesday afternoon. I'm recording this the day I put it up because I'm a hot mess. Um, today, I have an amazing conversation to share with you with Sabia Derry, who is my bandmate, and I been my friend for a long time and is the singer on my new record the other singer um also co-wrote the song idk with me what's other things besides just being a total badass lady she's a dear friend of mine and we had an amazing conversation about her life and the music she made and like all kinds of great stuff so i'm gonna uh shut the fuck up and just let that conversation ride on in there I know there's been low production values on this shit, but hey, I mean, if Joe Rogan can talk to Kanye West for three hours, I can phone it in on a fucking iMovie eye thing. Um, also, the election is a week. Is it a week away from today? I think it's a week away from today. Um, so naturally, you know, uh, yeah, it's a week away from today, which will be terrible. And um, we'll all be just freaking the fuck out and crying. And hopefully uh, our country will be back to normal. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm going to cut it right in to this sweet interview. Check out Sabia's shit. She's the best. Meow. It's officially this time of the day. Mm. Okay. If I didn't um, drink all my wine last night, I would Yeah, that's how it is. I guess yeah. we'll start there. That's where I'll cut the audio in, me, like, approaching to pour a white claw in. <laughs> yes, honey. Mm. She's the bartender. Ooh. Bartender. You see this fucking cup I got? It has a chicken on it. Cute. I got 16 of them. Is that a cock? I see. Yeah. <laughs> My dollars. I didn't know. You found ten dollars? Ten dollars. Um honestly, I just forgot. Yes. What are you gonna do with those ten dollars? Um going to invest in real estate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like when, like uh, some foreign markets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm on that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I guess this is where I'll start the audio. I mean, audio. I can't even say audio right. I'm like audio. Audio <laughs> from the makers of audio. I just got a pop up. Why do I get pop ups from the Daily Mail? I want you to ask me that question because I don't have the answer because. Hey. Are they give me did they give me like the real housewives news that I like, but also like it tells me like Joe Biden needs baby's head. Wait, I can't hear you anymore. No. Okay, can you hear oh, me I now? Can, no, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay. I just switched to my AirPods. When did you get AirPods? They came with my MacBook computer. Oh yeah. Wait, they came with the oh whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it, um, our podcast because most of our communication is like totally post-verbal <laughs> i know this is going to be interesting How translate. Yeah, i put the trans and translate so hello welcome to the special sauce podcast podcast i'm happy you're here we talk all Ooh. the time anyway but I figured that if I was going to interview anyone on the things that they like and things that they make, it probably should, should be someone I've spent the last three years of my life making a record <laughs> with. Slash, we, I guess, have known each other for almost 10 years now. True. I think it's eight. <laughs> it's nine. <laughs> nine? 
Yeah, it's 2000. I met you in 2011. Oh my God, math. You're so right. <laughs> I love doing that. It makes me feel like I have control over the viewpoint of God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to poke you now. Um, so I guess this podcast is used. I'm wearing my Nick Cage and PJ Harvey shirt today, uh, which I love, but I got bleach on it when I was working. So now it has a blemish. Honestly, that's so punk, though. Oh, okay. you're right. <laughs> um, so, usually on this podcast, I, like, start from the beginning of, like, your life. and like A very good place like... to start. <laughs> so, so, like, where were you born? Okay, I'd like to start off by saying this is the story... <laughs> This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Drowned the whole world. <laughs> she was so sad and photographed. She made of mashed potatoes <laughs> when she cries. Yes, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. You. Um, <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I was born. I was born in Long Island. Oh, fierce. And then, because that's where my mom's doctor was, and then I came home to East Flatbush. Hello. Um, but then after I was five, we moved to Rockland County, New York, yeah. to Spring Valley, which is where mostly I grew up until like eighth grade. Where and then I still went to school there, but lived like all over the place awesome. in the tri-state area. Basically. Do you wanna? Do you wanna mention the crazy thing that your dad does and who he is? Oh sure, my dad is a vocal coach um, and vocalist himself. For those who listen to the record, don't know you, they're like, well, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my dad is Craig Derry. He is, um, like, the industry's best-kept secret vocally, and he, um, used to be in the Sugar Hill Gang and sang the intro, the first song on, um, the album with Rapper's Delight. Yeah, people. Um, Here I Am, he sang that. And here we are. yeah. 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 <laughs> and he trains me and a bunch of other misfits all over the world and in New York mm. all the time. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's yeah. so insane. So I want to know about like this early period of your life, like, because you're very eclectic in like the kind of music you like. Like, but like, what mm. was like, what was like, I guess, young Sabia really into musically? Like, obviously, like there's the teenage period of time, but like, what were you like? I always think about my life like as a kid. I always had, like, a lot of incidental music around, like, and it was always, mm-hmm. like, I listened to so much, like, R&B and Chicago soul music, because, like, yes. that's, like, what my dad was into, and I really think that changed the way that I played the guitar. So, like, is there any, like, what was, like, the, like, what was the soundtrack of that period of time? Um, I mean, like, neo-soul, R&B, hip-hop, like, the classics, I mean, like, 90s, right. like, what you think of when you think of 90s R&B, like, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack on all the time all the time um and then of course like the good like soul and like um like greatest of all time like i don't know like stevie wonder and earth wind and fire and um sly and the family stone and james brown and just like you know the best all of the best of of those like eras i mean Um, you know whitney houston I like all of that. All Singing of that. ass people also. But, I mean, a lot of yeah. it is very surprisingly more rock and roll sounding than I thought. I mean, obviously, because, like... Yeah, for sure. Um, I also found jazz on my own at oh, a cool. younger age. So, like, and my way into jazz um, 
was like Ella Fitzgerald and Duke uh-huh. Ellington and Louis Armstrong and um, so that kind of stuff also. That's amazing. Really, really young. Yeah. Well, when did you find your way into theater, though? Is an interesting question. Um, it was kind of always there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, fourth grade was when I first, what like the first time I was allowed to audition. Cool. In terms of the structure of our um, curriculum, fourth grade was the first time we had the option to do a musical. So. Cool. Um, or theater at all, and uh, that's what I did, the music man. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was in the chorus of the music man. As. <laughs> <laughs> it does, but at the time, it was like a You're shot like, this of is like it. heroin into my veins. I was like, <gasps> of the <Whoa>. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, it was like, wow, this is amazing. I want to do this forever. Like, and ever since then, I've been doing at least one show a year. Yeah, I love that. That's <laughs> wow, the music man. That's tragic. Mine was. I a, know. Mine was a Christmas Carol, and I remember I was in like seventh grade, and everyone like had already been doing community theater and I didn't audition before. And I was like, Oh, seventh grade, I'm far too old to get into this now. <laughs> of course. I'm past my prime. You were just washed up. That's everything. I know. I'm just, I'm just an old hag trying to replay my, you know, greatest hits. Sounds familiar <laughs> now. Um, but basically, um, so that's amazing though, but I'm, I'm very, I'm skipping a lot of shit, but like, when do you remember getting into rock music? Cause like you oh. have a very deep love of rock music. Middle school, yeah, middle school, mm-hmm. seventh grade. I mean, um, there was definitely like a, cult- a cultural shift at that time where like punk pop and like rock music was suddenly like on the top 40. Like it wasn't all you know, Southern rap, right. you know, which necessarily, or like, which, which is a huge, yeah, huge, but um, I don't know, like, there was a, a pocket of time where suddenly, or maybe it, maybe it isn't even, I don't know what it was that was, um, like, a major part of the airwaves before there was that shift to, like, my chemical romance, and, like, you know, like, all of a sudden, and then, you know, I also got, had gotten close to all of these kids through drama club right um who were listening to came from households that were not um rooted musically in like black music right quote unquote right? were they white kids yeah some of them or like asian yeah. or like filipino just like people who who weren't strictly growing up on hip-hop and r&b and, and like, the home of the famous or, or <laughs> local coach <laughs> Right. <laughs> that might have turned the screw a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I even remember my dad being like, why are you listening to this white stuff? But my brother and I being like, this is fly, first of all. And second of all, you know, we listen to everything. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter who's making it. Um, and so, I mean, my dad will even talk about how, like, that was a moment for him where he was like, oh, wow, I guess, you know. Really? It's not just about, yeah, like, he... I think to a certain extent was very focused on one kind of music coming from, or like one, uh, one, the one source of music. And then it was like, Oh wait, no, maybe I should like open up my ears. Like if my kids are listening to other music, (laughs) then quote unquote other music, then um, I can too. And yeah, that's, I mean, my parents, is there way to know that music? Is there any particular rock music that he like grew to fuck with and was like, put that on? I like that one. Oh, Paramore. 
For okay. sure. He'd be like, oh, she can sing. You really? And I'd be like, yeah, dad. Like, yeah, dad. Yeah, you're clowning. Because his thing, he would be like, I don't want to hear, like, off-key, like, like you know, like, I don't know, sad boy. Yeah. I'm not really using my diaphragm to Maybe. sing this sure. music. Yeah. Dude, well, <laughs> Which is, like, that music is cool, too. For sure. Disclaimer. Like, there's value in anything that can move folks. But um, as long as it's not degrading anyone, all music is worth listening to. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't listen to my own songs because I degrade myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely loved um, Haley Williams, um, which, I mean, we are now all a Paramore stand house. I'm like, my brother loves Paramore. <laughs> I've been to like six, maybe five oh, or six Paramore it. shows. Yeah. Um, and then through Paramore and seeing people live, because, you know, the opening bands yeah. are usually, you know, related or contrast in a really cool way. So I learned about, like, Young the Giant yeah. and, like, all these other bands that I didn't know that there, I just didn't know that there was all yeah. of this live. But that's the greatest thing about being Weird music know. happening. Yeah. I, mean, I opened for Ra Ra Riot all over America, which was one of my mm, bands awesome. of all time. Mm-hmm. Also, the drummer is from my hometown, and he wrote the, the album The Rum Line, which is about a bar in Gloucester that's still there. Um, he died, unfortunately, but I got to know them all mm-hmm. really well. You know, going around America, like they'd be like, oh, we've never heard of you before, like, and you're a drag queen? Amazing. And they'd come back, like, every time. You know, that's that's, that's so thing. cool. Yeah. I mean, music is, it's ultimately a big community, hopefully, if it's all going right. So, like, I love exactly. Is that how you, and it's so interesting, because when I met you, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just skipping around really qu- quickly, because we know each other, so what looks like what, yeah, yeah. Like, like, when I met you, like, I think the first band we ever bonded over is you, I think you brought up Mute Math to me. Fuck, no, yes. T-shirt, and I was like, is that yeah. a Mute Math T-shirt? Because mm-hmm. I had never heard of anyone else who liked them, like. I know, I mean, when I meet people, other people who love them, we kind of. Yeah, um, an instant bond because not a lot of people in yeah. the grand scheme of music. How did you get into them though? Because they're such a weird band. Like, uh, I mean, it was definitely my best friend Tiff. Tiffany, she, Tiffany showed me "Typical" the song uh, from "Typical." That's like their most poppy one too. And at, and I had heard it already, and I was like, oh, like this is great. I do know this song. I do like this song. But then she played something else from that album, something like on the weirder side, you know, with lots of drum solos and weird breaks in between verses and shit. Yeah, like, and I was like, wait, what? And then I found out their background, them being from New Orleans and incorporating so much, because that then, too, I was like, what am I responding to from all of these, like, white dudes on stage? Like, what is happening? And, uh, like, it's the, the jazz and, like, blues and, like, big band, like, background that they have that is so and that spirit you know oh, like such a pure true. powerful honest um for vulnerable me, just the spirit. scale of all of it it's just <sighs> well i mean for me <coughs> oh gross I, no. I just i just um i saw them on conan because i used to watch um, as a kid i wanted to be a comedian i don't want to be a musician at all but i love right music. i didn't start writing songs until another chapter of my life I'll talk about involving you but <laughs> I um I saw them play on I used to watch Conan every single day when I would do my homework like the night show before mm-hmm. and we're the musical guest and they played break the same oh. they take apart the drum set I'll, I'll link yes. it 
See, the whole point of this podcast is I like just take all of the things that the person I'm interviewing likes and put them on a big list so other people can go find them. Oh, fine. But, dude, like that performance, he like tackles the keyboard and they like, but it's all worthwhile. Like, you know, yes. I've actually been to, this is funny, a guy I know, have you ever met, you met my friend Dave before, right? Maybe. Strange Dave. I met him on my birthday. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Hey, Dave. So, but uh, he had gotten an extra ticket for this thing called Project Revolution, which was an emo festival. Um, and they tried to invite, like, everyone in the world to go, except, and then, like, I was, like, the last person who was, like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm around. So, in one day, I saw Taking Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance, Mindless Self-Indulgence, which blew my fucking mind, and, like, Whoa. a lot of other, uh, Linkin Park, who were pretty bad, honestly. Oh, no! <laughs> I know. But... Because it, part, they came on after My Chemical Romance <clears throat> during the Black Parade era. Like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Pretty hard to find. And you're either going to run with that energy or let it like, I ran towards it. make I was you like, feel very oh, bad to be following it. <laughs> I was all about it. I was all about it. But, How about uh, Lincoln Park, man? Fuck yeah, yeah I love you. Yeah. I love um, Lincoln Park. I this tangent. Oh, because it was like, all felt very like, it all felt very crazy, but necessary. And like, that's yeah. what was cool about you, Master me. And I think, yes. I think that's what was the first, that was the first thing of music you and I bonded at. I mean, I guess I should say where we met. I mean, like we met oh, yeah. in 2012. Oh, it's 2012. It is eight years. It is. Why am I so yeah. stupid? <laughs> I don't I look at me. I'm the one who was like, yeah, sure, nine. You're right. Uh-huh. Why does everyone Absolutely. just put up with how stupid I am? <laughs> because I'm so just like, yeah, yeah, it must have been. I think I'm just so, like, aggressively nostalgic for everything that, like, any amount of number has to be, like, amount of number has to be, like, more significant than it is. And, like, it's been. Mm, Because, I mean, it feels monumental eight years at this point. still monumental eight years. I mean. That's what I mean. Like, and so you wait, you try and weigh it by, like, adding a My Libra is Libraing all the time. Um, But... We met at a theater, very st- uh, stodgy and conservative classical theater program in London <laughs> in 2012 called Bada. Bada. Such alumni as David Schwimmer. <laughs> and Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we Crazy. went there. I, we, we did. Then, got into it, and it was a whole thing. Um, and I met you. And the world was never the same. Yeah, it was wild to think that, you know, we were 20. I just turned 21 when I got there. But you're, you're younger than me, right? Which means I was 19. 19. <laughs> and turning 20. That's so sweet. Like, a few months after. Like, I turned 20, like, two or three months after yeah. we got there. But, um, yeah, right, dude. But fucking, I mean, it's just crazy to think, like, we were that age, like, I mean, I still am paying it off, like, you know, but like, oh yeah, like living in London and like going to see shows constantly and like, incredible. I, oh man, I mean, it was interesting though, but it was also a really interesting turning point for me because it was I was like, wow, I really don't want to be as part of like stodgy conservative like art making processes. Like, I really mm-hmm. got a lot of out of it, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't know. But yeah, you learned what you I, didn't want. The weirdest thing was my mom forced me to bring a guitar there and I was like I remember at wow I know which is funny because like I taught myself pretty like I had a couple of guitar lessons but like I always just like would I had a guitar mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't know really anything about writing music and I um 
I uh, like I remember going to college. There'd be all those guys sitting out there like with a guitar, like, oh yeah. Anyway, here's like Neutral Milk Hotel. And <laughs> it's my favorite band of all time. But I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be that kind of person. Like at this college, especially because I don't know how to play. This is other people's songs. And- <laughs> If people were to ask me, like, Ben, play Green Day, I'd be like, oh. (laughs) And then you were like, you have a guitar? Cool. I can sing. You should play this Beyonce song with me. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) The nightmare is coming true. Seriously. But then you did learn that Beyonce song. That's only four chords. Like, it's it's great. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I should. No. I should. Yeah, okay, good. But it's scary. It's totally scary. Well, yeah, for me, I was like, oh, no. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is bad. And, like, it was bad. But then, you know, you sang, and it was great. But we used to just play songs together, like, all the time. And we'd be, like, drunk off, like, four ciders. <laughs> yeah. And everyone would be, like, in the living room listening to us. Like, I know. And I am jamming along with us. I started writing songs there because of that. Also because I hated, I hated uh, just like, I hate memorizing lines. (laughs) I hate all the other things that involve acting. (laughs) I hate all of it. I like making things. I don't like inhabiting things besides my shit. And so I I started writing songs because you kind of just like dragged me. I was like, man, I can't believe I was dumb enough to bring this guitar all the way to London. And you kind of like forced me out of my shell. And then I, I got so, I don't know, whatever about it doing crazy i also went and saw a bunch of music back then too but i um yeah i just yes which i didn't get to do that's awesome oh my god that's why i don't have any money i'd be like uh credit card (laughs) right (laughs) i'm 21 i know how to handle my finances (laughs) um but yeah no and it was funny and then like i mean so much time passed obviously like after that but like it's just interesting for me like, the way that we reconnected was so weird, but we were always, like, I was always seeing you. You were always so busy doing things, and so was I. Yeah. I was always on tour. Um, and the, I don't know if you remember, but the moment I came back, my first visit was yeah. Poughkeepsie <laughs> to go visit y'all at Bard. No, for sure. Like, you like did we, like, we definitely always, managed to keep in touch. Yeah, well, I think that's one thing that, like, it was very apparent, like, we were going to just keep seeing each other, and, like, obviously, like, yeah. I was going to be moving to New York, and even when I was living in Hudson, I remember I gave you a call on, like, a super long drive one time, and, like... Yeah, 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 You were yeah. always acting and stuff, and then, you know, you know, a lot of time passed. Uh, fun trivia fact, I mean, you were in the Big Beautiful Day video... That's true. Wow. That feels like a million years ago. Yeah, you wrote Black Lives Matter on your face. It was great. I did. I don't know. Hopefully that video never sees the light of day, but it was cool. I mean, all of our, a lot of our friends. (laughs) Isn't it on you? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't Google myself. It came out. It was there. I came out once too. It was terrible. Um, But you know, uh, (laughs) but then like after Power Bottom fell apart, I remember, I don't remember if we had seen each other before. Before I wrote the song Sister, but I think we had. I don't hard to know. I don't know. Because I feel like I didn't see you for a really long time, like during Power Bottom because you were touring and stuff. You hit me up like when the band fell apart and everything and like whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when I got back to the city and I was like totally like catatonic and bald and wearing fake glasses everywhere. (laughs) I remember I had written the song Sister like at like noon. I cleaned my room, Uh I wrote the song. And I was like, I don't think I should sing this. And then I texted you, like, do you want to come over and try to sing this song? And you were like, sure. And then yeah. 
fucking did. And I'm going to fucking cut in the audio. I'm, I'm just going to cut in the full audio of that recording at the end of this because it is the best. It's probably the best. Oh, my thing. God. What a good time. It's hard, like, when you, like, like, if you hear laugh track and stuff like that. But, like, my favorite thing we've ever made maybe still is that, TVH. Besides IDK. IDK is pretty fucking insane. <laughs> but that day was just, like, so magical. And I was, like, because I was just, like, for, I don't know, I was, like, so, well, I had always, the thing is, I actually remember distinctly being, like, you should come sing with Power Bottom. Like, that would be fucking amazing. Yes. After one of your shows. Yeah. You were, like, you should sing with us. And I was, like, yes, yes, yes. And then we never got a chance. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was just always crazy, but, but then yeah. you know, it was like cool. Like we'll do this band thing. Hello, then go for it. Sorry, Phoebe's walking through the background. Hey, Phoebe. Yes, <laughs> Phoebe. Phoebe is my favorite guest star in the world. Yeah, she has a pretty viral uh, digital presence. Yeah. <laughs> you go on, girl. You, you do on. your master's PhD smart stuff. That's amazing. I'm only waiting for it. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, well, that colors longer. Huh? <laughs> it, it makes the braids make it longer. Right. That's what I've learned from the internet. They protect it. Ooh, we can do it in the same room. <laughs> Hey, girl. Hey, zoom, zoom. That's our uh, quarantine sex anthem that we're working on. <laughs> it's 58 minutes. Um, no, but... Uh, <laughs> and now we go to the bridge. It's our version of uh, Trapped in the Closet. Oh, my God. Um, no. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> wow. I had it in my mind that I would be doing sound effects for this kind of uh, interview. Like, I'd be like a real podcaster. But I'm just... Yoinks. Zoinks, dude! I haven't zoinked out in a long time. I zoink every ten minutes. (laughs) What are you talking about, darling? I zoink when I wake up in the morning. Um, I can't possibly make a move without zoinking. Possibly zoink. Possibly make a move. Good God. But, dude, so, like, fuck, whatever. Anyway, fucking, I remember, like, we did that, and I was like, hell yeah. And also, like, you know, like, you were working on your own music, which is out on Spotify. I'm going to put the link in the thing. Um, and yeah. You new music that's coming out, too, that's so amazing. But yeah. we just sort of, like, we also lived right next to each other, and, like, we were just... Like, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, uh, before, right before... You asked me to be in the band or right after, I don't know which one it was, but I had already moved. Like I had already found a place like 10 minutes away from you. Or, like, yeah, I don't even think you were living there yet, right? No, yeah, I had just like found it. Like I, I had been confirmed that I could move in there. That was like and it was serious, crazy. Yeah. And then I moved even closer. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, wow, if there's any further confirmation. I know. That, that's just, it. Like, it just kind of worked. I mean, it's funny to think like there were all these different times, and, like all these different music industry people were like, "Yeah, like we know, like this is crazy. Like we want to." Oh my god! A record. Yeah. And, like, I'd be like, "This person's like cool," and like I don't know, and we'd be like, "All right," and then like it would go away, and that was years, like years and years and years of time. Crazy. And then, you know, I mean, we'd always been collaborating with the amount of weird places we've rehearsed at, the amount of crazy people mm-hmm. with. <laughs> I mean, you know, all talented, nice people. Like, there's no, yeah. there's no shade in, in my game, um, except for when I play 
fans and closets, my version of shoots and ladders that I haven't revealed to the world yet. <laughs> that was a lie. Zoinks. <laughs> zoinks. I just need to get one sound effect and it's just going to be a zoinks button. Um, but like, it was so interesting, like, like that whole process, like the most consistent through line of it all was you and Sean. John Palatroni. Right, who is like, you know, like look, as much of a cousin as he could be like my cousin. True. But we just, we made so many things and it all turned into this album. Um, but I mean, I'd love to talk about this, like the one, I mean, the one that really like was always sort of the bedrock of it all was Laugh Track. Like that was the one that like, Whew, yeah. I wrote, I wrote on a drum machine, much like I wrote Sister, because mm-hmm. I didn't have a, you know, a, I didn't have anything. Like, I was just writing in my apartment. And yeah. it just kept getting, I'll, you know what, fuck it. I'll put in the, uh, I'll put in the original demo to Laugh Track, which is fucking nuts with you and me. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, super, super good. <laughs> that one's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll link out at the end, too. Those old recordings are... Yeah, well, I'm maybe trying to, like, do a Patreon or something at some point. I think that could be really fun. Yeah. At least more music. I mean, I am 10 songs into a 100-day songwriting project. But it was so interesting to, like, be writing with you because, like, it was such a different component. Because, like, I can sing, sure. But I really think the guitar guitar and the writing is, like, really, like, my thing. But, Mm -hmm. like, like, you are just, like, a straight-up-ass singer. So, like, to have that vocabulary against Mm -hmm. all this crazy music I was writing was (laughs) so different for me. And then the funniest thing was... When we finally wrote a song together, it was not a like, it was not a like, <laughs> a, like deep poetic. Right? It was yeah. like a, it was like a talky, stupid talky song. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. What was the? There was once a song. Oh, IDK had a monologue in it too at one point. Oh my god, it did. It still can one day. It still could. Yeah. No, it should. Yeah. I mean, ideally, the only way that you and I can perform that song is at the end of the show. <laughs> really. Because we, you know, we've done some secret shows, like as far as like playing at my parents' house and in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. we've a show yet. Who knows if we ever Which, will? Pandemic. I love those shows so much. Oh yeah, I, uh, a I lot of fire breathing. But you know, like, um, like that. Yeah, that should definitely come back again. You should just start free associating for like half an hour. <laughs> Wait, say that again. <laughs> you should just start like, free associating for like half an hour, like on the microphone during that. Song. <laughs> I think that's a great. Idea. I really actually think it would be amazing. And so yeah. just do it until you want to stop. Who fucking cares? Um, right. But yeah, like it was funny. I remember the story that day. You were doing a show out in Pennsylvania. Oh, yes. Nina Simone, Four Women at People's Light. Yeah. You Peter were on for like a really long time. It was, yeah, it was a um, five week run or a six week run. But then the product, the rehearsal period, and then the rehearsal period was uh, five weeks or four weeks, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but then like it got extended, didn't it? No, it was supposed to, but um, our big wig Mickey Braden, uh, who played Aunt Sarah, who's dope as hell, one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. um, She had a job, another job somewhere. So. And it's not the kind of show that you can just, like, stick somebody else in there after rehearsing, or at least our production wasn't. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, for a lot yeah. of time when we were writing the record, you were traveling a lot, doing work, you were touring, I mean, you were booked. You were just yeah, it was, I mean, ugh, man, when I think back to that time, there there is, like, easily a lot of crazy, like, sad stuff 
to think about, but I also, like, I miss working that much, like, doing that much theater while writing an album with you and, like, playing secret apartment shows. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I definitely miss, like, I mean, you know. I, can't, I haven't played a show in four years. Like, that's <sighs> not in my house or my apartment. So right. and I, all I ever want to do is tour. Like, I would tour mm-hmm. 10 times a year if it was up to me. I really would. 100%. I, I love it. I love being in a van. I love eating Slim Jims. I love going to Bucky's <laughs> in Texas. Like, I love all that stuff. Mm. Hopefully, we'll get to do that at some point. But, um, yeah. but, dude, like, yeah, no, it was just so funny. Like, I honestly, though, and I wonder if this is, like, my trauma brain a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of this. Like, I do, but, like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, same. Like, there's a lot of, like, <laughs> pockets that I've definitely... Dude, like, I remember, like, I remember let's the not... Yeah, the day we wrote IDK, we you had come back. I was so happy to see you. We went to Lone Wolf on Broadway in Bushwick, and we drank oh. beers. <laughs> you had no, you had wine. Okay, I see. I don't remember. Yeah, well, I don't we remember the day. No, we were fucking hammered, oh bullshit hammered, drunk. I got a bunch of Guinnesses, and we did some shots. And the bartender was friends with someone who used to play drums for us, who's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we went back to my house, and I was like, "I have this lick for this stupid thing, and it's in standard tuning." And you were like, "Let's just fucking do it." And the first line you wrote was, "I don't know how to pay for therapy. I imagine if I do, I'd have some clarity." <laughs> Which I was like. <laughs> But yeah. The best right? one, Yeah. I mean, no. And we just like, we wrote it in like 15 minutes. And then the next day, I remember because Phoebe was teaching skating at the time still to the children. Uh-huh. To the children, yes. And she was taking the train back and I wrote that exit part, the silly whatever thing. I knew I had wanted to do a song that had counting in it because my, one of my favorite songs is a song. Wow. Having 10 fingers is like so many. <laughs> you ever thought about that? It's blunt. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, look at how many there are. You know, there are a lot. But I knew I had wanted to do a song that had, like, too much counting in it because Jonathan Richmond counts down the song Roadrunner, or as he pronounces it, Woadwunner. Um, <laughs> it's a, four, a song in 4-4, four, four, but he counts it down to 6. He goes, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, bang, bang. And I was like, what? <laughs> I just went all the way to 11. I love it. I was down for the fuckery. (laughs) It always just ends up with us screaming 11 as hard as we can. Our our British (laughs) theater teachers are cringing as we speak. I'm sure, yeah. But yeah, no, and like, it just like, it just turned out so good. But it's also funny. It's like, you have such an individualistic style of your songwriting and like, I have it on mine. And like, I... Yeah. And I mean, I marvel at your songwriting. Like, I feel like your brain works so fast and I'm somebody that like, really wants to just like, sit with a tune for like a little while like in my own space and time and like is that not like your vegetarian vibe though i guess so Uh, yeah that's that's what um amanda said to me the the other day like the overthinking sagittarian like thinking a lot about like analyzing and wanting to say the right thing i mean like you know she used to write like two songs a record and they'd be genius and i'd write 50 and pull 10 out and now, <laughs> just thinking right. about you writing a hundred songs in a hundred days. Cause like, I mean, it strengths definitely is going to strengthen your muscle too, which is like kind of crazy to think about because you already like. Can I tell you something? Wow. It's not even strengthening my muscle. It's it's la- uh, real. It's how how what's the word for it? Like it's loosening my judgmental quality. 
Yes, yes. Well, I mean, that's part of strengthening the muscle, though, right? Well, like, I mean, is yeah, not absolutely. judging the work. When it, like, just yeah. creating, 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 and being in creation mode, and then switching to edit mode, and not doing those two things at the same time, you know? Like, and having fun. That's so hard. And having fun. Like, I wrote a silly yourself... yesterday because it was funny yeah. to me, and, like, I was thinking about, like, how annoying it is to post on Instagram every fucking day, like, how much yeah. I look like. Um, is twat a politically incorrect word? Um, I don't, I don't know. I love it. I do love okay. the word twat. It's very, um. For the record. DJ. But I'm a very crude person. Like, you're I really. You're crude. crude. <laughs> I really enjoy the words oh, I, I of the, uh, But you know, like, I, like, I wrote this song the other day because I was writing this, like, tragedy ballad. I was like, oh. <laughs> hate being trans and like no one knows my pronoun it sucks and bed was like can you just write a happy song (laughs) and i wrote this song called happy song phoebe's anthem that i i fucking love yes i love that one and i'm gonna i think we should it to be real like have a huge solo section in it and be like really dope Maybe I'll EP that. Shout out to Phoebe once again for being yeah, thank the God. MVP. Thank God she deigns to be with me. Um, but you know, it's <laughs> funny, like, obviously we've come up to this present moment now and, like, you're in the middle of starting, like, this huge... Well, it's like an individual, like, one-name songwriting project for yourself. Yeah. You have one song out, which is... has it's fucked up good. Your brother and I were DMing <laughs> about it the other day. <laughs> Uh, high F at the end, it's just like a mess. It's so good. The what? The high F and regrow. Oh my god. So good. Crazy. Yeah. Wait a minute. I actually kind of want to talk about something Crazy. interesting. What? Like, well, because you experienced a fucking massive vocal injury while we were working on this shit. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that's. Another, I don't think anyone really like people who don't make music doesn't realize like happens. It's happened to me. Like, it happens. All, it happens a lot. Like. Even if you have good technique and you're doing your shit right, it can just happen. It's, it's a it's an occupational hazard, literally, is what it is. It's like I'd be interested to hear you know, because like yeah, I mean, you use you use your voice, and if you you know you build your craft, you spend time figuring out how to fucking sing and how to make sounds and how to make the right vowel sounds the right way and blah blah blah. Like you spend all this time doing that. And then you have to learn how to keep doing that and, like, to not maintain revert to something harmful just because you're feeling self-conscious or whatever. Like, that technique really has to be there because it's what's going to protect you. Totally. Um, and so I got to this place in my training where, um, you know, I was experiencing, like, this crazy elastic high-range voice that like could do whatever I wanted it to do and like I had never really felt that way in my life like you know everyone's always said like you can sing you know but it's hard to get control over your instrument and to feel like okay like when I want to make this sound it's going to come out like that can be very difficult um and it was especially difficult for me and so I got to that point um and I you know was starting to book theater I was doing this show on Broadway, one of those like wonky six week engagement things, and E. Fucking Snyder from Twisted Sister, which is cool to me because I love him. <laughs> yes, it was Rocktopia on Broadway, which I was in the choir of, and part of the whole you know thing with Rocktopia is that it's half classical and half 
um, rock, classic rock. So, you know, the rock stuff, that's, that's my jam. Like, that makes sense to my voice, you know. Um, but classical music, like singing classically, you know, high energy and not like as a joke, <laughs> you know, is like a whole thing that I just didn't even know. I didn't even understand how I wasn't prepared for that and that. Right. I didn't know how to do that. And, and I, so, and I was like, you know, on stage every night singing hard as hell and then hanging out, you know, after the show. And then, um, in like being in rehearsal for other stuff, you know, for us, for uh, later shows, for, um, I think I was in a, a band at the, t- a party band at the time, yes. or getting ready to be. So, you know, it was like a lot of things that my voice was doing. And I, and I also was riding high because for the first time I was solely singing and doing my craft to pay the bills. Like that was yes. the only thing that I had to worry about. And it was amazing. Um, but a few weeks of that, you know, wear and tear, and I like really fucked up my voice, and I had no voice for a little while. I mean, it makes me emotional just talk about it. I, mean, like, <laughs> I know, like it was crazy. Like, about it because it was such. A um, I remember one night we were doing an apartment show, and I went for a high note on something, and I just like did not come out. <laughs> we were both like, huh, "That was weird." Moving on, it's <laughs> like it was right. It was the first know? one I remember. You were wearing a red thing. Probably, I remember you being like, uh-huh. nope, not there. And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, like, not, not never like, what, like how dare you? We're like, what? Like, oh, shit. Like, are you okay? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much for two years, like, after has just been like a building back up process. Yeah. I mean, I mean honestly, like, of all the, like, the million things I felt like we've had to overcome, like, to make this record and, like, to do all this shit, like, you overcoming what you overcame to get those fucking notes out. Torture. <laughs> oh my god. Absolute torture. Well, it was hard for me as your friend, like just besides your like creative partner, like your friend. Uh, I, like, I just like because it's, it's deeply emotional when you know your instrument isn't working the way you're used to. No. To, oh. to work, all of a sudden you don't have control over it. Like you feel existential. So, yeah, basically. I don't think I'm very good at like supporting people in situations like that because I think I'm very much like it's gonna be fine. And, like, right, which I am too. Yeah, so that's I totally like understand that. utter vibe. I mean, I didn't know how to support myself, and like I didn't under I didn't understand that. Like, I just needed to chill <laughs> for like a couple months and like really let you it know heal. take it easy and let it heal. And I I didn't understand that. I I kept trying to like. Kind of pushed through it, you know. I was also doing the rehabilitative stuff, you know. My dad did his other groups, like I had access to that. But um, it took me a long time to realize, like, you just need to chill out and give yourself the space and time to heal. And then finally, over the course of last year, I felt like, okay, it's back. We're all right. Like it's gonna be all right. (laughs) Last summer, I remember like when we were just like. Because, like, for us, like, to get laugh track right was, like, such a thing. We, like, had had to be perfect and, like, took so much time. We mm-hmm. re-recorded it. We re-recorded shit. And there was, like, yep. a bad session that we threw the fuck out. Where you yes. Back from a whole gig. From Pennsylvania. I took the train in at night after rehearsal. Like, get, um, and, like, we were just, like, trying to get it right. And it just wasn't working. And it, like, wasn't working. All First of all, that whole song in a, in a, in one session was 
difficult for my voice at that time. And I didn't realize, like, it was too much no. for my voice to handle at that time. Even though, like, yes, I can hit those notes now, which that yeah. is a major issue, right? That was the first step. It's like, how do I even get my fucking range back? And then it was, okay, now I don't have the stamina, right. you know, and just the continuing to push through and, like, work through and and Madness. nurture instead of, like, stress myself out about it. And also it, there's, like, like, a ton of pressure because, like, this shit costs money. Like, you're in a studio. It costs money. Yeah, so it's much pressure. That I'll never, ever be able to repay, but, like, whatever. Like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I'm not yeah. being guilty. I'm saying, like, I'm just happy. No, no, no. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for me, and I was like, it was such a pro- Like, I don't even remember this. This was so fucking long ago, dude, right? Like, I fucking know, like, Oh, my God. Like, we experienced that whole crisis. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, like, wow. You know, it's because it's years ago now. I wrote Laugh Track in December of 2017. I wrote the first, wow. it was called Destiny's Handshake. I wrote it on, uh, as an improv one day. I just put the, I wrote it on bass and I put the loop in and I just improvised like for like 15 minutes. And I finally just kept Ooh. saying tired of being tired. And then I was like, all right, I guess that's something. And I sent it to Phoebe, who's like the ultimate barometer of my art making because she will, like, is like functionally <laughs> unable to lie to me. <laughs> It's I love it. Really good song. Like you should really keep that one. And then she yeah. months later, like you should finish that song, laugh track or like whatever it was called. And then it finally came in in twenty of April of twenty eighteen. We couldn't even play it because I didn't know how to play it because it's all based on this looping thing. Oh my gosh, that was a whole thing. That yes. was a whole thing. Still is. Um, <laughs> but we finally figured it out. But dude, like we finally figured it out. And that day in the studio, I mean, recording the version that's out now. I remember how hard I wept after that the last take of Laugh Track. I, I did like, too. I mean, we both. I finally, like, we did it. Like, like, blueberries and shit, because it's like. Good oh, I had boys. I had blueberries, dark chocolate, and honey with me in the studio just to oh, keep my voice bouncing back and like not. Yeah. I just you know, like unprotected. I didn't expect this interview to go down this avenue, but like it's it's such an under like necessary chat, and it's funny. I really did. The of the record is I held my breath for a really long time once. Mm-hmm. I mean, this period of time has been so gnarly. Like, obviously, I don't need to unpack my fucking personal shit. Whatever, it's, it's out there for everyone to fucking <laughs> yeah music yeah. And, and you know, but just like to fucking think about that period, like just the physical toll it took to just make it mm-hmm. like enough to like. Was it's crazy. I never really I mean, celebrate my It's really, I, <laughs> we talk about this a lot, how truly fucking batshit crazy we must be to continue to be artists. Like, He's there's literally nothing else. Stockbrokers? Do you know how much fucking <laughs> like, rent you have to pay? I could have, like, I don't know. I could have at least been somebody's secretary. Somebody. <laughs> somebody. I made a nice, I made a nice, Salary or something. Just anything. I mean, I spend that much time bartending now. And like, I don't know, dude. It's just crazy to think like, then you know that I have so much more written and we want to make more things. And I have an EP written yeah. now that I'm stoked on. And yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you got another thing coming out. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, all right. To wrap this fucking thing up, I think it would be useful. I have, I, there's one section in the show where I, I think the most important thing is like, what do you want to do? Like, what is the thing that you want to do beyond all this? Like, money notwithstanding, like, what is it you want to make? Like, in a dream fucking world of shit. 
I want to make music and tour, and I want to be on stage in the like theatrical plays mm-hmm. a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. And I want to find somebody's TV show that has the right the great part for me that I can be on for like six seasons. That's what a I want. Movie? Yeah, six seasons in a movie, a couple Tonys, and just a band that tours with enough fans all over the world that I can tour at least in tiny shitty venues. Oh, that's I, really what I want. I literally like it's gonna make me cry. Like all I want to do is play at a dirty bar. Yeah, I would be. I want the dressing room to be clean though. Yeah, because that's it. Just make sure M&M's, like, you can be a dive bar front, but I need I need luxury in the back. We can put down a linen tablecloth. What a cute! If we tour with a linen tablecloth, bitch, I'm gonna tour with a whole chest full of shit from Home Goods just in case. Oh, oh, can we talk about Home Goods? I mean, iconic. That's its like own podcast, like. Like home goods, like oh, what a great podcast idea! Just talking about home goods, like every day. No, walking through home goods and talking. Oh, that's a show. We could do that. That's that's a fucking. If we ever get to tour, if like fate is kind to us, like we should stop at every home goods there is on the road. Like we should find them on the tour map and then do a video there. I mean, that's just an idea. All right, so. So that's, that's the dream of everything going forward. The ending section of the podcast is called What Lives Rent-Free in Your Head? Because <laughs> um, for me, you know me, like, I'll just be in the middle of a conversation because I can't pay attention to anything. I'll be like, do you know this part of this song or this moment in this video that only I've seen? It's really cool. And people will be like, okay, Ben, chill the fuck out. <laughs> um, so well, I'll start with my... my um, the thing that lives like red free in my head all the time now is the Mary J. Blige Burger King commercial. <laughs> What's the new chicken right. wraps? What's the new chicken wraps? Below. It is a it, it is to my knowledge, your your roommates showed me this. It is a canceled commercial. I yes. I can't believe it. I don't, I don't think it's well, no, I don't, I don't think there was anything like it's like a little inside joke, I guess. I don't think there was any kind of like substantial backlash. Like I think but it didn't now, it did an air, right? Did it air? I feel like it did air. <laughs> I like that I have like I take such authority over this, and I have no Burger idea. King, I barely know if it's even Burger King. It totally but, aired. It, it aired, never. and everybody was like, "Girl, what?" But it's just the production value is so low. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't know why she did it. I'll post the, the link to it. Oh, 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 oh! What? Wait. It didn't air. She, Burger King pulled it because yeah. Mary J. Blige said, "What the fuck did you do to this commercial?" She she was not okay with it. She was like, she doesn't need that shit. She was just trying to get a check. But like, she says that the commercial. This is via Business Insider. Oh. The commercial is totally different from the concept she was presented when she signed on to be one of the fast food chain spokespeople in her campaign. She said to CNN, I agreed to be a part of a fun and creative campaign that was supposed to feature a dream sequence. Unfortunately, that's not what was happening in that clip. So I understand my fans being upset by what they saw. But if you're a Mary fan, 
you have to know I would never allow an unfinished spot like the one you saw to go out. So that's the Burger. tea behind that oh, crazy ass Burger King commercial. I I understand oh. because like I'm so broke, like I would do anything to you know pay the rent. And she probably was like, sure, I'll do. Do you know that she's very good friends with Taraji P Henson, and that Taraji P Henson yes. is chilly, and that her assistant, like Mary J Blige's assistant, will call her and be like, uh. Mary really wants some of that chili. Like, can you make it? And then she'll. I love that. You've told me that before. That definitely lives right free in your head too. <laughs> a lot that of stuff does. Between them. <laughs> a lot of stuff does. It's on hot ones. It. Like, it's pretty out there. Um, uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So what What is one moment that like lives rent free in your head? I feel like beer. I can give you a couple. The first <laughs> one is bet on it. In High School Musical. Oh yeah, I still never seen was that. Was that a that on that fucking golf course? I will never forget that. Sometimes I just think about it, like in the middle of the day, like I was just like, be walking down the street. Should we watch that? About. I mean, I want to create a Twitch channel. I think because I think you know whatever, and I think the first a, a Twitch channel, like a streaming channel. Oh, what? It, don't worry about it, but I think we should watch. <laughs> that was like Patrick. I don't understand you kids. <laughs> what are you kids doing down in that coal mine? Um, but I think I think we should watch High School Musical because I've never seen it. I know. I need you to do that. Okay. I need right. us to do that. What else lives rent free in your head if you have a couple? Uh, okay. So Zach Efron and Ben on it. Uh, they do a lot of air punching in that song. So much air punching. <laughs> it's great. It's so great. And like kneeling, kneeling. strong figures, just like very strong Love that. figures and um, great scenic value. Cinematographic value. Um, what else? Uh, um, 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 oh, Beyonce saying that. <laughs> In the in the four DVD for the for the album like the behind the scenes uh-huh. where she's filming for the um, the music video for Party and she's watching the footage back of her really like glammed up in a leotard and hair rollers and shit um, stirring around in a fryer pan, frying pan she's watching the footage back like in the <laughs> on the set and she's like. I look like I can cook. <laughs> and I just love that moment. I just like, wow. Like the fact that Beyonce can't cook makes me so, just, it cook. feels like there's balance, you know, in the universe. <laughs> there's balance in the force. Yeah, because that woman is a, just a superwoman. That is amazing. Yes, I, I love that. Can you show me that sometime? I really want to watch that. I totally will. Um, Is there, do you have any more? Brandy and Cinderella. Oh, yeah. Just constantly. What are your feelings on Jason Alexander in that movie? Oh, my God. I love it. He's so good. (laughs) Him, a micro moment from that movie that lives in my head rent free is him on the ladder while, you know, the prince is like telling Mama Whoopi. Yeah. No, I don't want to. And what's his name? Alexander? Jason Alexander. Not Jason Alexander. The um, Oh, the prince? I don't know. Vincent something. Okay. What's his name? Or something Vincent. <laughs> um, 
they're telling him like, oh yeah, you're gonna, we're gonna have a ball. You have to find a bride, whatever that. And Jason Alexander is like decorating something on the ladder, and they keep like pulling the ladder, and he almost falls, and he just wow. like, all a bunch. That literally is cool. I'm gonna let the people really listen to this. Go find it. Um, I love you, obviously. This was so great chat, obviously, to you know talk through this crazy record we made. Um, uh, ooh, damn, burping. Um, well, I'm gonna let you go. Um, is there anything you want to tell the children before you leave? Wear a mask, wash your hands. Yep, I'll link all your social media in the thing. I'll link your music. Keep an eye yes. out. Oh, uh, yes, keep an out and um, keep an out. Keep an out <laughs> for I. Yeah. Keep an eye out for Keep an out for our <laughs> new single called Coastline. Coming soon. Yeah, totally. And there'll be links to all your shit and the shit. I love you. I'm gonna talk to you later, baby. Okay. Bye, Pookie. Bye. <laughs>